I'm Joseph Chateau-Rapaye, pastor of Advent Lutheran Church in Wyckoff, New Jersey, and this is week four of our fall 2018 series on Rowan Williams being disciples. This week we're going to be talking about another part of discipleship, which is holiness. So William starts out the discussion of holiness by thinking about biblical images of holiness. In the Old Testament, the central story about holiness is Moses in the burning bush. When Moses comes to the burning bush, God tells him to take off his shoes because he's standing on holy ground. So holiness, we can see, has something to do with being set apart. On Mount Sinai, there's lightning and the whole scene seems very dangerous too. So holiness is about being separate and in some ways maybe even a little dangerous, at least very unlike your ordinary life. In the New Testament, there's a little bit of a shift. When St. Paul writes his letters, he often begins with, to the holy people of Corinth or Ephesus or Philippi. So it doesn't mean dangerous or separate in quite the same way here. Holiness seems to be embedded within people's lives. The Last Supper and the Crucifixion take on special importance in how we think about holiness in the New Testament too. If Jesus is the supreme embodiment of what it means to be holy, then we can follow holiness by following Jesus out where he ends up, which is being crucified outside the gates of the city. So holiness means going to the places that seem not to be holy, the places where it's hardest to go and the places where it's hardest to be human. So the Last Supper is important because it's a way that Jesus invites the disciples and all of us to come with him and be holy in the way that he's holy to become part of the body of Christ wherever that body goes, even if it's to a cross. One of the big themes Williams is getting at here is that there's no contrast between being holy and being involved in the world. So let's move on to what this looks like in our lives. There's a phrase Williams quotes from a novel which describes someone as, quote, a saint, but not saintly meaning that she was a saint, but she was also very irritating. She was devout and likely thought herself to be holy, but she had the effect of irritating people and making them feel worse. And when we meet people who think they're holy, that's often what we feel like. We don't feel inspired or uplifted. We often feel worse. Because we often think of holiness in terms of goodness. And goodness is competitive. When you meet someone who's good, you start to compare yourself like there's a finite amount of goodness in the world, and they've already scooped up too much of it. But holiness is not about goodness. It's not about competition either. In fact, people who are holy actually have a way of creating more goodness for others. So holiness isn't just about levels of goodness, but about enlarging the world. This is how Williams phrase it, and I'm going to read this the way he summarizes it. Holiness is, quote, about enlarging the world, and it's about involving the world. A holy person is someone who is not afraid to be at the tough points in the center of what it's like to be a human being here and here and here. And a holy person is somebody who is in the middle of all that, that actually makes you see somebody new. And I guess that all that, at the end of the day, boils down to something horribly simple and horribly difficult, which is that holy people, however much they enjoy being themselves, aren't obsessively interested in themselves. They actually allow you to see not them, but the world. That's all Williams. In 2 Corinthians, St. Paul writes about how the Holy Spirit uncovers our faces and shows us the glory that's around. That's biblical language that's getting at the same idea that Williams is talking about. 
holy people have a way of pointing us toward places we would overlook or showing us the ways in which God is active in the world, which we are liable to miss. So the path of holiness, Williams's phrase, is primarily about two things, simple but difficult things. One is looking around centered in scripture and prayer, and the other is exploring the world around us, exploring the people around us, going after what's uncomfortable, going to have our minds being changed in the world around us. So drawing together those two actions, looking for God and exploring the lives of people around us or how we come to see holiness in our lives. And so to wrap up, what does all this mean for church? Well, sometimes we try to make the church a holier place by either kicking people out or trying to make other people more like us, which never works. Trying to make the church holier by getting to some level of purity that we think is acceptable is a good way to make a mess. A holy church, Williams says, is a church that is taken over by the excitement of the extraordinariness of God, a church that wants to talk about the beauty and splendor of God and wants to show the self-draining, self-forgetting love of God by being at the heart of humanity, by being where people are most human. A good line to sum up and end on. Next week, we'll be talking about public religion and the common good. 